Hello, everybody, again. This is episode six of the X&W Vibecast. We're back. We made it back, and here we are again. This is the post-Super Bowl episode. We're a few days removed, X, from the from the Super Bowl, but you know what? I think we could probably talk a little about it. I think it would be a good thing because... That's all it, I think about. It is all we think about. But, I mean, it's it's over, Wally. I know. It's this over. Is like, this is the feeling of emptiness we all have. Like, hope is all over. It comes down to that annual feeling of emptiness in my soul. We're now in a pandemic. We are. The NFL made us think that we weren't in one. Now, oh, boy. We are we're, back. We're face-to-face with it. We're back in a pandemic. Oh, man. Now now, uh, what do we do? What a depressing now, way to like, start. Like, what do we do now? This is supposed to be a vibe cast. That was, that was a very negative vibe. I apologize to everybody out there, the two or three listeners that are listening. <laughs> I keep using that joke, but it's probably true. It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> we, hope, we hope you like the vibe cast. We're, ha- we're having fun. We, we say we're having fun. Uh, we hope we're, you're having a good time as well. And I bet that nobody was having a good time, though, as much as Tom Brady was. In his Super Bowl celebration. How about that guy? He looked like he was having a lot of fun. He deserves it, man. He, he looked like that. He earned it. He earned it. And watching him yesterday was, was kind of funny because I, I, you don't usually see Tom Brady like that. He kind of no. let his guard down. and Surprising. That was his cheat. One cheat day of like the year, the two years, the three years that you know he's off the Tom Brady. He's watching diets. film right now. He's watching film out of guilt <laughs> right now. You know, I w- I want to be drunk on a boat, tossing Lombardi trophies everywhere. Why can't we? Well, that's a that's an amazing amazing thing. Good for him, man. I mean, the funny thing is he's doing that. You know, he's just he's out on the boat, drunk, throwing throwing the Lombardi trophy to Gronk, and all other quarterbacks are sitting there miserable complaining why they they don't have any say in the organization like you know russell wilson aaron Rodgers, deshaun watson they're all they're all pissy and there's tom brady they're watching him probably even getting more pissed off watching him on a boat <laughs> throwing the lombardi trophy what if he threw that thing in the ocean what if like a giant squid got it would that be what would happen it, <laughs> i think tom brady would still be i think people would still love him they would still love him i don't, I don't think he was going to uh, throw that for an incompletion. I think he knew he was doing that. I bet that Lombardi yeah. Lombardi trophy is heavy, but he's held it seven times now. So True. he kind of he knows the weight, he knows the distance, and they were in shallow waters. He knew waters. what he needed to do. There's not much fear of squid where they were kind of where their boats were. What are, what are you talking <laughs> about? Know. Okay, right now? let's get. Serious. We have a lot to talk about. Come on, man. I know it's true. I forget the squid. So football. we need a Tom Brady night, by the way. You and me. I'm down. I want to Tom down. Brady night. I want to be Tom Brady. I want to be Tom drunk Brady and night. stumbling, throwing <laughs> things in the ocean. That's what I want with you, my friend. That's we have other friends that could do the same thing. We could we could we could invite some other friends. We have other right? friends that have done the same we, thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the go Super ahead. Bowl, the Super Get us Bowl. Get back X, on track. Super Bowl. Let's 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 try. Let's try. I don't know where we went there, but yeah, it was. Uh, we went there, and the Super Bowl was was really kind of one sided. It wasn't really. I know we in episode last time we talked episode five we talked about this was going to be a great game this was going to be I said it was going to be a shootout I did say thirty one twenty four ish so thirty one was on the but it wasn't the game <laughs> I, unless I'm not trying to like you know to yeah. my own it, it wasn't you I wasn't I wasn't there I, I nailed one side but it wasn't the game that I thought it would be you picked the winner and uh, yeah we we picked the Bucks I picked the Bucks W picked the Bucks. And it was just a complete dominant performance. And, and the guy, in my opinion, 
that deserves a lot of praise is, is Todd Bowles and that Tampa Bay defense. That Tampa Bay defense were they had a game plan. I mean, not just a game plan, but a plan like every possession, every every series. You know that Tampa Bay Bucks defense knew exactly what they needed to do. They and they, in terms of how they covered Hill, uh, with with the cover two, with the bracketing of Hill, with the doubling Hill. I think they kind of made life miserable for Kelsey, with with being real physical with him, and that de- and, you know they took advantage of a Kansas City offensive line that was decimated by injuries, and uh, Mahomes really didn't have many answers. You know, I mean, I I can't really blame Mahomes, although you know. He hasn't been great in these two Super Bowls. I think two touchdowns, four interceptions, um, under under 500 yards-ish, I think. I should do my homework there, but I, I think I'm in the ballpark. So he hasn't been great. So that'll be interesting to look at going forward. But the Tampa Bay defensive line was, was outstanding. Todd Bowles and his game plan was, was sound, and, and they were ready to play right away right I mean listen I don't know who could I, I I don't know who could perform under that defensive this was an absolute domination and a complete defensive and offensive domination it was unbelievable they they completely I mean Patrick Mahomes were running for his life all game I mean I th- what, what's the number they had 29 quarterback pressures 29 this and the most in NFL history in Super Bowl history that I mean Todd Todd Bowles I know Tom Brady got the MVP, and he's well-deserving of that. Fifth M- MVP, by the way. But, I mean, I think part of that is they can't give the MVP to a coach. <laughs> if they could, Todd Bowles would get it. He's not a player, most valuable player award. Then They didn't get it. But Todd Bowles, they, they had a, a game plan, and they executed. I mean, I still think Mahomes, I mean, there's, I don't think there's anything he could have done. But he still, I mean, he still was throwing the ball and making unbelievable plays. And, there, you know, some of them were falling off. You know uh, the receivers' face masks, and I mean, but he just couldn't do anything. Some of those plays he makes is like where he, where yeah. the arm angle is where it is, and my opinion off balance. Yeah. It, it is kind of nuts. My opinion about Patrick Mahomes has not changed because of that game. Well, my opinion about my ability to predict a, a Super Bowl has changed because, <laughs> you know, I did say the X factor was going to be the Kansas City secondary was the key. Well, they sure were. They were the key to messing everything up for the Chiefs because they really. I mean, I know it was a tightly called game, and you can say what you want about the the refereeing. It was it was tighter than, for example, the NFC Championship game with with Green Bay and Tampa. But I don't care. I mean, even if, if half those calls went a different way, there there there's not a chance the Chiefs were beating Tampa Bay this day, not a chance. But yeah, they they really were. I mean, all all the holding penalties, and they just were they were grabbing receivers, tackling receivers, and, and some of it was ticky tack. But bottom line is, the secondary just couldn't handle all the weapons, and they were they they were forced to. Uh, to commit some penalties. And I think that's it, X. I mean, you know, you can blame the penalties and the officiating all you want. I mean, if no, you're doing just, that, come on now. I mean, the argument really wasn't um, Kansas City's defense. Like, they, they, they looked unprepared. They looked, you know, Kansas City, to me, looked, was outcoached completely. Yes, and, absolutely. you know, Kansas City's offense, you have to make some type of adjustment uh, somewhere in the game where you know, either you max protect or – you you know you have to do something different, and Mahomes too can also make the adjust, adjustment where he checks down a few times, doesn't try to make the, the the amazing play, and 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 find some other option. But you know, ultimately, you, it, it's all about. It wasn't about the the penalties. It wasn't about that. No. It was about the defensive game plan, and you know you know Br- Brady 
putting Kansas City in a position to win with the three touchdowns. And you know what? Something next. We, we did we wake up Gronk like our, from last episode? Did we? Did, did he that, listen to our podcast? And was like, listen, it had to have been us. Yeah, because he, he looks like the Gronk of old. Like he looks. He looked like a, I, I was wondering if he was going to get MVP because he was. You could easily make the case for that. You could. You could. They, they un, unfortunately, got the GOAT in there that played like the GOAT and won a Super Bowl like the GOAT does and got an MVP like the, the GOAT does. I don't know. How, I mean, he, he deserved MVP. No, no one on the field is better than him except for Todd Bowles. No, I mean, <laughs> honestly. I mean, that's an excellent point you made about the adjustments, though. It's like Chiefs are playing a five-man protect. Now, they, they play that. That's how the Chiefs play. They play that every single game. They're a five-man protect uh, offense. But you got to make adjustments when you're getting. I mean, I mean, it seemed like Pierre Paul was like was gra- had had a piece of Mahomes every single play, and then you had the, you had uh, you know Sue was back there. Mahomes was getting hit. I I mean they they had a five man protect on 92 percent of the snaps with a battered offensive line. I mean you got to make adjustments. Not but listen, I, I can nitpick this thing, um, but the bottom line is no matter what the Chiefs did, they they just they were overmatched. They weren't gonna if they if they played ten more times. I, I believe the Bucks win ten more times. I did just that with the with that injured offensive line, and I said it. I mean, everything when I was predicting this game, everything that made sense to me, said Buccaneers. But Mahomes never has made sense to me before. Mahomes, that's what made me pick the Chiefs. Mahomes, just he never made sense. His level of play, um, his comebacks, it, it, it's he's been like nothing I've ever seen. Well, the Buccaneers made Mahomes make sense. He make he made sense that night because. What made sense is when you're getting rushed that much and you're getting that much pressure and that swarmed, I mean, the, what makes sense is you're, you're not going to be able to make plays. And he couldn't. He couldn't do anything. And like I said, 29 qu- uh, quarterback pressures. You know, it's the first time Mahomes has lost a game by double digits. That's a pretty amazing stat. Right I think there. Romo kept saying that. That is an unbelievable stat. Yeah. I mean, that just. Yeah, Romo did say that a lot. That's it, where I got it from. It also talks about talks of the Chiefs organization the last three years. Like, they're a great organization. And. You know, listen, Gronk was Gronk. He solidified his time, his, his self to me as the greatest tight end of all time. And, you know, it's, there's a large distance between one and two. Gronk is the greatest tight end of all time. And, you know, the Bucks defense was elite. And talking about the, the double-digit victory and, and Mahomes, and did we, did we do the Chiefs now – and, and this happens a lot, and it happened in 01 with, with the Rams and Brady. It happened in um, 15 with the Seahawks and, and Brady and the Patriots winning that Super Bowl. You know, this, and, and this is a narrative that other people have talked about, other uh, podcasts, other, but he stops dynasties. He stops them in their tracks. And, you know, did we just see the recipe on how to beat the Chiefs? Is that is that what we just saw? Do, do they take a step back as an organization as you know as we move forward into 2021? I don't, Did we see it? I don't think so because I don't think it was anything to do with the recipe. I don't think that Todd Bowles did anything special. I think they just executed a defensive game plan where they sent pressures from from many different directions with a battered offensive line and just got to him. I mean, they they just got to him every single play. It seemed like and. And then, you know, and then there's other things. Like you said, they, they played two safeties deep the whole time to take away the big play. You know, that might be a way to beat the Chiefs. But then they always had two people on Tyreek, um, and the pressure was not allowing Mahomes to make accurate throws to, you know, his, his old, old fallbacks like Kelsey. They just executed a defense like winning defenses do, like elite defenses do. Are, are the Bucks is the Bucks defense elite? 
that's a question for you. What, what do you think? I mean, how can they? I I say yes. From from what I saw, so from what I saw, like you you don't usually see uh, defenses do to what they did in in to Kansas City. Uh, the the types of teams you usually see do that. And this is gonna sound nuts. I don't don't. The '85 Bears did that to the Patriots, where they they just couldn't do anything. The 2000. Uh, I know I'm going crazy right now. The yeah, 2000 so Ravens. '85 Bears. Everyone goes, "Whoa, wait a minute." So Hold hear, on. Hear, hear me out. So and, and I'm just kind of like spitballing right now. But the '80 the '85 Bears you know, did that to the Patriots. The 2000 Ravens did that to the Giants. The I, I hate saying this. The 07 Giants, I don't know if they were elite defense, but you saw that in, in their sound game plan and just completely taking New England out of what they wanted to do in 07. So, you know, Raiders watching Mahomes run for – exactly. Ugh. You know, watching Darren, them run – I just want to make you – I want to get wallow with you a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's, okay. it's fun to wallow. It's yeah, fun yeah. to wallow. Um, I but, I mean, right. like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you ever see Mahomes – Look like that, or the Chiefs look like that? He's never looked like that. That's what's so amazing about this. He has not once in his entire career, well, three-year career, I know it's short, but still, that's still amazing. He, he has never looked like that before, and, and that's what happens when you have a dominant defensive performance. I, I think you're right. Like As far as Super Bowl perfor- defensive performances go, I don't have a problem with you saying 85 Bears. Um, I know, know that's a little 2000 crazy. 2,000 Ravens. No, because, I, well, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, let's be clear, you know they're not – the 85 Bears, we're not saying that at all. I mean, the 85 Bears did it every game, <laughs> yes, except against yes. Dan Marino one game. But they did it every game throughout the regular season. They destroyed everyone in the playoffs. Bucks didn't do that. Bucks didn't dominate everyone in the playoffs. You know, they just the, – the but the Bucks played in the Super Bowl. That looked like, you know, a, a dominant defensive performance. Now, I, I just – I don't want anyone to forget – and they want to just remember the offensive line of the Chiefs was like was a yeah sieve. they were they yes, yes I mean that that yes. that's so they feasted on on a battered offensive line and you know I I was one of the uh, the delusional guys that thought Mahomes could could make plays no matter what and I don't why would I not, why would I not think that he's done it every single time we've never seen Mahomes do that before well now we know he's he's human. He's he's a he's he is a he is a mortal like you and me with W, but maybe <laughs> he puts yeah, his... maybe not like you and me. But <laughs> I mean, come on, let's not get crazy. <laughs> so yeah, so very impressive. So very impressive. What you know? What a what a performance from from Tom Brady. What a performance from the Buccaneers. And let me just say something about Bruce Aarons really quick, because I think he deserves a little credit too. If you remember at the beginning of the year, where. Arians, Arians was critical of Brady a little bit. Like there were some times where you know he would say to the media, like he didn't play that great, or you know he he wasn't as good as he as we needed to be, as he needed to be for us to be successful. And the Bucks were seven and five, but you look at the way Arian, it's almost like he evolved as the season went on as a coach and understood. Well, maybe it was all part of his magical plan, but he yeah, understood that's not like a bad strategy with Tom Brady. I don't think. But then all of a sudden he's like, you know what, Brady? Yeah, I let Brady just coach the offense. I coach and I just sit back, you know. And I think we talked about it last time. Sometimes coaches get in their own way. Bruce Arians, the job he's done with this team, and it will be inter- interesting to see how it all plays out going forward. But it was to me, he he did an outstanding job. His performance. As, as a coach throughout the season was you know, he, he pressed all the right buttons specifically in the playoffs you know yeah. we give we give Todd Bowles credit um obviously we give Brady and their offense credit and in their and but like Arians deserves a little credit too for for the job that he's done with with this team and and he understands players 
he understands. I read today, like, you know, hey, Gronk, you're not practicing on Wednesday. We need you on Sunday. That didn't happen in New England. You know, no. hey, Brady, like, Brady would text that, him, like, I, I don't know if I want to throw this day. Okay. Well, oh, that's fine. You know, so Arians deserves some credit. Like, he's a modern coach who understands his players. Like, and, he, and like these guys are professionals. They're, they're elite. They're great at what they do. And Arians, like, you know, maybe gave you, speaking of recipe, of how to coach modern professionals. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the Patriot way, right? I mean, you've, you've, you, you, you see that. You've seen that season after season. And it's worked. But the Patriot way is you come in, you do the Patriot way, or you're – you're not playing here. Well, Arians, you're right. His style's different. Like, you know, being a coach, it's like you got to coach your players' strengths. You got to coach every player's different how you coach them. You think you coach Antonio Brown like you do Tom Brady? No. No, no, <laughs> no, no way. No. And I mean, yeah, w- w- what better guy would you want to, to let coach your team than Tom Brady? I mean, you, you realize what you have as a coach, and it probably took him a little while. I mean, again, Tom, Tom Brady and a lot of these guys came in. Um, to a situation where if you're going to a new team, this was a hardest year to go to a new team to learn a new offense because you didn't have any OTAs, you didn't yeah. have any off season. Yes, that's very. It point. was such a weird season. But look what the Bucks did. Look who. It's like the old castoffs are the ones that made a difference. Think a difference. Excuse me. Think about the Super Bowl. Brady, Gronkowski, like these old castoffs. Jason Pierre-Paul was dominant. He looked. I've never seen him look. Even on the Giants, I've never seen a performance like that. Adamic and Sue. Playoff Lenny Leonard Fournette was <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. He was outstanding. I wish I bet the over on on his yardage. My, he's he just got kept getting better and better and better. And think about the Bucks too. That to me this is a this is um, a portrayal of of coaching right now. The Bucks won their last four games of the regular season, but they but if you remember those games, like you know I didn't watch every game, but I went back and watched them because my my beloved Washington team was playing them, so I had to do some uh, I had to do some research and watch some of those games, but. Um, the last four games were not that impressive. The wins, I mean, they were playing some bad teams, some bad defenses. They were, they were behind. Um, you know, they're behind some games. They won all of them, but uh, boy, I mean, they really hit their stride in the playoffs. I mean, they 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 got hot right when you're supposed to get hot, and and that's coaching. They're healthy. I mean, uh, Bruce Arians. Yeah, I think you're right. You gotta you heck, gotta give them some credit. Heck of a job. Gotta give them credit. So, real quick, X shifting gears. I I and, and I know this grinded your gears a little bit and. You, you texted me about this, and, you know, the, the the other story with this is with New England fans becoming all of a sudden Tampa Bay fans and and rooting for Tom Brady. And, you know, I, I think th- this is an X-Factor segment here because uh, you weren't very happy with it. You, you kind of were a little frustrated with this, this oh, New England man. turning Tampa fan. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, Tell me. I don't think. Listen, Patriots fans, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I mean, you, you, you. I experienced this back in the late '80s and '90s. It's the fat and happy syndrome where you're just, you know, you you spend a few years just kind of coasting through the regular season and waiting for the playoffs. And you've you've just you've had 20 years of success. So I'm not gonna I'm not blaming you guys, but for God's sakes, for all of you guys that live in Connecticut and you're not Patriots fans. You understand what I'm talking about here, and I this never really bothered me too much. You know, I deal, I, I listen to Patriots fans all the time. I, I see, you know, 75% of the people in the grocery store wearing Tom Brady shirts, and I bet 65% of those people didn't really know any other players besides Tom Brady. Um, but you know, listen, it's it, it, if you understand, if you're not a Patriots fan in Connecticut, how annoying these, you know, the, you kind of consider. People have told me they've used the word spoiled, entitled, unreasonable. You know, these fans are. So for the last couple months, for the first time, we didn't hear anything from them. And it was kind of 
it's kind of a nice little break. We got to, you know, focus on real football. And then <laughs> and then all of a sudden now they're back and they're all Tampa. Fa- I mean, I can't tell you how many I go on on social media. Uh, maybe I should. Maybe this is why I should stay away from social media because it pisses me off. But <laughs> I go on there, and you know, everyone's the goat. These Patriots fans, the gold. We won. We won. I saw we won, and I'm you know, I even I went after my poor wife's aunt and said, "Oh, you're a Tampa fan now." And then you know, uncle, her uncle said, "Yeah, I love the Bucks." Well, you know, you you're a Patriots fan. I what do we mean, love the Bucks? No, it's it's you, they need something to do here. They uh, listen. I mean, the way I see it is like if if Joe Montana won a Super Bowl. With the the, the um, Kansas City Chiefs, 49ers fans would not be celebrating him. I mean, you know, I, I've like when Dexter Manley and Art Monk left the the Washington Redskins, I want them to do good. That's fine, but you will never catch me rooting for their team. But the, I mean, these guys they sell they, they they wore like a badge, like they they like they did something like their their team won. And uh, you know, my my friend, you, you haven't seen, no one's experienced this guy yet. But my friend Jeremy, he's he's <laughs> he needs he, to get he, on this a, show. He's a spies for the Patriots fans. I never understood it really. I'm like, look, you know, they're not our division, Jer. Who cares? I hate you. You hate me. But what do we care about these guys? Um, and he was pulling so hard for the Patriots to uh, to lose to the Giants. And I'm like, are you crazy? We don't want the Giants to win. They're our rivals. But kind of starting to get it now. He said he he explained to me. He said, no, no. No, X, it's the fans. It's not the team. It's the fans. And I said, well, okay. I, well, my friend my friend W is a nice guy. I like him. <laughs> you know, listen. I'm it, different. Yeah. No, I, I and really, like I said, it's not your fault. It, it's, it's uh, you know, maybe maybe your your character is now flawed for the rest of your life after the last 20 years, Patriots fans. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, it did. It frustrated me. But, listen. We're all going to move on here, and I'm sure W has some things to, to say that's going to smack <laughs> me down. No, no, no. It's not about smacking down. So I've thought about this, and I saw it a lot, and, and I'll be honest. I, I will say this right now. On, <laughs> on Sunday morning, I opened the drawer. I saw, I, I, I saw the Brady jersey. I put the damn thing on. I, I put it on. Me, I, was I so, put it on. so disappointed. And I, I, I know. But I, I, I've, and I'm trying to figure out why I did this. And, but I, I think I've come to the conclusion it's that not your fault. it's not, it's your not fault. my fault. It's not my fault. I don't fault. blame you. It's not my fault. I don't blame any of you guys out there, but except for Jenny's aunt. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I know the fans that were like, I love you, Nancy. <laughs> that said we wanted to, like, there's no we. But, you know, I was rooting for Tom Brady to, to win the game. I was rooting for Tampa Bay to win the game, but it wasn't about we. I think what it was about, it was about greatness. And when you've seen him for 20 years as, as a Patriot fan and just as a football fan in general, you know, and, you, and I've, I've made the comparison to Michael Jordan, you know, Jordan, he was almost, you know, and seeing Tom Brady in Tampa was kind of like benign. If, 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 if he was in a Giants jersey or a Cowboys jersey, I believe it would have been a different ball game. I, I truly do. Even for those Patriot fans that got all crazy that they we won with Tampa, but like with Michael Jordan, the Celtics in the mid in the early to mid nineties were not that good, and and you know I spent a lot of my time watching those great games with with Michael Jordan against the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals sure. and and watching them play. Uh, in, but Michael in the, Jordan in the was on the Celtics at any time. What's that? Michael Jordan was never on the Celtics. He never he, didn't go to the No, Bulls. exactly. That's, and that's a great point, X. But, like, uh, uh, you, you root for greatness, and you root for him to just, you know, 
will his way to victory. And you know, there's something like I feel like Brady is our is is one of our is our contemporary. He's a, he's 27 days older than me. I know that's weird that I know that. He's 27 days older than me, and like. I just love his grit and his fire, and I've said this a lot. I know you're probably still like, shot up about Tom Brady, but I think, you know, like if Larry Bird in 92, you know, was healthy, he had a balky back, and, and the Celtics said, you know what, we don't, we don't want you, man. We're, we're not, we're not, you know, you go somewhere else and make two times more than you're going to make here. You know, the Patriots offered him $13 million. He got paid two years, $25 million with Tampa. You know, in some ways, that was a slap in the face to Tom Brady. I have another theory on that. Hold that. Hold that thought. Another theory. And I it's gotta held. Get, I'm hold on. Right hold here. on. But like, if Larry Bird goes and plays for a team, like if he goes to the Lakers, of course I'm going to hate him. But if he goes to play for some benign team in the West, and he's doing really well, and he's cooking, I have to say I, I'd probably root for him in, in in a weird way. And like. These of are yeah, these I, are I, I and, and and the same thing with Brady and and even Gronk to to some extent, but like you know, looking at it, it I had to root for him and and I was hoping for him, them to win and, it, but it wasn't that huge of a deal. Like it, it, life goes on and, and we're talking sports here and vibes and all that good stuff. But like being a Patriot fan and seeing him his whole career, it was really awesome to kind of watch. Like, holy cow, this guy's 43 years old, and he willed his team, he willed the Tampa Bay culture to win a championship. And to me, that was amazing. It was just, it was uncanny. And it, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that ever again in sports. Because people aren't built like that anymore. People aren't built like Tom Brady anymore, or Michael Jordan, or Larry Bird. It's just how it is. I agree with that 100%. I mean, there's no, they're not, you're right. They don't make them like they used to. I mean, Tom Brady, he, he's, he's a different breed and there's no one that respects Tom Brady more than me. Um, I, I really, I, I mean, I, uh, my friends get annoyed with me, but I've, I, I just kind of look in awe and I was looking in awe in the Super Bowl with him too. It's just, a, it's, it, it continues to be unbelievable, but you're right. They don't make them like they used to. It's like now, you know, people are defining themselves on what people say about them on social media. You think Tom Brady gives a. You know what? <laughs> what he people say he does about not him. care. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, people like Michael Jordan and Tom Brady would use, especially Michael Jordan. They'd use what people said about him, or what, even what he fuel, That's even what fuel. he thought people said about him, or even what he made up in his mind that people said about him. That's why I was thinking that when we were back to Bruce Arians, like him saying that I don't think Tom Brady played his best game. Boy, that's a per like mo I would say ninety nine percent of the athletes would be would go into a like quarrel into a ball. If they heard their coach say that and start complaining, they want they want out all this. Tom Brady probably went to the film room, and he's probably he probably got up an hour earlier and had more avocado ice cream or whatever. <laughs> he is. And I, I'm telling you that that that, that that drove the heck out of him. That's that's Tom Brady. That's why I told you he's not leaving. Like he said, he wants to play for two more years. I I'm very interested to see. It's not a matter if he's going to play for two more years. When he gets to that another two year point, I'm just interested to see what he's going to do because <laughs> I know he's going to go two more years. I have no doubt unless unless uh, Father Time gets him. Um, which is eventually going to happen. By Father the way. Time is losing bad to Brady. Yeah, Big I time. know. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, but you're right. That that's that's that might be the only good point you've ever made on this podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> no, no that, you're right. It is the best point you ever made on this podcast. Is that that I, I really believe that the, these athletes are not. The, I mean, the the, the low the, the self self esteem, the social media, the having the having to be defined by whatever people say about you, and keep checking what people say and respond. And you know, I always I always bring up Kevin Durant because he seems like the 
the have to have the lowest self esteem of any elite athlete I've ever seen. But there, but there are a lot of a lot are like that. But Tom Brady, he you're right. The, the, he 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 might be the last of the of the great breed. <laughs> of he, the no, and uh, like it's it's that chip that he plays with, and it's almost like with um you know I talk about greatness and rooting for greatness. You you root for Tiger, you root for MJ, you root for yeah uh, Larry, you root for Tom Brady, and. I know this is going to sound nuts, X, because you know how I did not root for Tom Brady in the wild card game. <laughs> no, I no. hated his I, guts. And again, like all every greatness, every gut that, that was filled with greatness, I hated. I was hoping that Washington won for a number of reasons, because I'd see my boy X. He'd be really happy. Search but your, I think I think it would have been good for this. Like if you had another week of playoffs, your vibe and energy would have been through the charts. Pop, podcast it would have been be, weird. Podcast would be like Amazing. seven hours long each. It would yeah. be seven hours of podcasting. Yeah. But I was where I was get what I was going to get to is that a few things. One is I think LeBron James is going to get to a point too. And as much as I'm not a huge fan of LeBron, I'm not a LeBron guy. But three, let's fast forward time real quick. Three years from now, LeBron's 39 years old, and he's let's say he's playing for Team X, and Father Time is kind of catching up to him. You're going to root for LeBron, and, and, and quote me on this, you're going to root for him because of all of his greatness and of all the stuff like you may have not liked LeBron. Same thing with Brady or, or MJ. Like you might, if you're a Knicks fan listening to this, like, you hated Michael Jordan. And, and you know, as a Celtics fan, I couldn't stand LeBron. But three years from now, if he's still in the league playing really well, you're gonna you're gonna appreciate like, damn, this guy is great. Appreciate it, yes. He's amazing, and you're gonna yes. you're gonna root for him. Not if and, you're not if you're your Celtics are in it. You're going for. Well, that's a different. Yeah, that's different. That's no different. Way. I'm I'm just saying yeah. like if let's take the Celtics out of it. Of course, yeah, but you're not gonna go on Facebook and be like LeBron, no. the goat. Exactly. Yeah, this is you're not gonna do that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. I'm just talking about overall greatness. Yeah. And no, rooting I, for him to do great. I root for every guy that's my age, 43 years old, to do it because <laughs> I want. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I I really know. For the, it, it was real. It's really great to see Tom Brady win. It was as I mean, a lot of people are getting sick and tired of seeing him win, but you do you appreciate what he's doing. I appreciate when Joe Montana won his fourth. I appreciate when Michael Jordan won his sixth. I, I think Beth LeBron. I, the LeBron. I think you're right. I think what's always going to separate LeBron from Michael Jordan is that what we just talked about the the old breed, like the like like LeBron doesn't have that. Jordan Kobe thing like he doesn't well, have the that. edge the chip the, yeah, the competitiveness still, still, he cares about what people think about him so much and but it's not his fault just like your Patriots fans not your fault it's not his fault this is the, this, this <laughs> the world that he's getting raised in that he grew up in the world of social media the world of uh of, of defining yourself by what others say about you I mean that's that's what this is but he'll, he'll go down as one of the greats I mean come on I'm not saying that but that's will always be the separator and especially with old guys like you and me, that's what's good. That, that's what we're going to harp on is the difference because we saw Jordan play, we saw we see we've seen Brady and Montana play. We know what separates the champions, and I, I LeBron's a champion, definitely. But there's just that little separator that I'm always gonna I'm always gonna believe unless you know I see something different that that's going to be what separates him from Michael Jordan. It it is uh it's fun to talk about really and and so I I, I kind of never thought that's what this is where it's going. I don't know I thought where we, we went with NBA. this but I, so I was I had alluded to about you know my my theory like Brady coming out of New England and 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 Bill Belichick and you know 
To me, I think the Bill Belichick brand took a hit. But another spin on that is maybe Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have a good relationship. And maybe Bill Belichick, and a friend of mine brought this to my attention, and I thought he was crazy at the time, but like in a weird way it makes sense. Maybe Bill Belichick said, you know what, Tom, we're not going to sign you. We, we, this year is going to be a, a, a tough year for us from a um, salary cap standpoint. We had spent our money. And Belichick was weird this year with, with how he talked about like you know this season – and how he talked about Pat, like, listen, they won, they were in the last four of the last five Super Bowls. They won three Super Bowls. Like, you know, he brought that up. And that's not the Bell, Bell that's not usually what Bill Belichick does. But my overall point was maybe Bill said, you know what, Tom, try looking around other places. And maybe they had like a, a gentleman's agreement. Maybe it's like their relationship isn't as scarred as, as the media likes to say it is. Maybe he said like, you know what? This may not be the spot for you this year. I'll buy that. Go seek it out. I'll buy and, that. And I got to give my, my a good friend of mine, who who I, I I you know he he's very knowledgeable with sports. He he mentioned that to me. I'm like you know what? he's not he's not off base. Yeah. Maybe who knows? I I don't know. Yeah, I I think a lot of that feud stuff is for the is for us. <laughs> yes. It's for the media. It's yes. for us. Um, I I I buy that. I mean, you know, it makes sense that the Patriots want to move on from Tom Brady because. You know they're 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 trying to build something. They know Tom Brady is kind of at the end, and they're trying to they're trying to turn a corner and, and build a new dynasty. So I, I get that. And Tom Brady, you know, I, I would think that after all this time, they'd want him to succeed, and that's probably why they got him over to the NFC. They don't want to play him, um, but they're hoping that he, you know, re- retires pretty soon, so they don't have to face him. <laughs> but, well, that, but I don't know if that's happening. But so the anyway. NFL schedule, like I think, Tam- so Tampa goes to New England this year, and. How another another thing that my buddy t- talked to me about like, in in Washington, like if I'm the NFL, like wouldn't that be unbelievable? The opening night Thursday, hopefully we're back to normal. And f- yeah. imagine being in Thursday night opening night yeah. in in Foxborough. Yeah, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to Foxborough. I wonder how many. Holy, um, they're gonna be. You talk about eyeballs on TV for Tampa Bay now. They're, they're Patriots season's uh, ticket holders. I, I'm wondering. That's a good over-under. Maybe we should make it a side bet. <laughs> I promise you, X, I'll be rooting for the Patriots. No, I, I, know, I, I know you promise will. promise you. I know you will, but there's going to be something in your heart, a gleeful feeling when Tom Brady connects with Gronk in the end zone twice. You're gonna, there's going to be a little gleeful. You're not going to be swearing. You're going to be like, that's my man. <laughs> oh, there he goes again. You're gonna be, yeah. You're gonna have a warm, fuzzy feeling in your loins when that happens. <laughs> but anyway, well, I mean, wouldn't that be unbelievable though? Like with the, and I, I, I don't know if this is gonna happen, but like Thursday night, opening night, NFL 2021. Yeah, that's Patriots. that's a money. That's that's called your money maker. Yes, that's your it's baby a maker. Big time money maker. Yeah. So what do you think? So the Super Bowl was awesome. I, you know what? No, it wasn't. It was a sleeper. But it was sleeper. awesome for the Bucks, and it was awesome for Bruce Arians. It was awesome for Todd Bowles. It was awesome for Byron Leftwich, that whole Bucks team, that defense. I, I was almost thinking like a defensive guy should be co-MVP in there. But uh, who would you pick? I mean, there's so many. Yeah, you, you had to make it Tom Brady. But it was funny. Like, I don't know about the broadcast. I love Romo and Nance. I think they're the A-team now, right? Oh, yeah. And, I, 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 and it's they're weird that I say that about Romo because he used to be my sworn enemy. boy. But he really is good. But there's something about this broadcast. It didn't seem – and you could say, like, you know, if, if a game isn't good, then, you know, a, a broadcast might be – you know, you might not get a full as good a broadcast as if it was like a nail-biter at the end. You know, but Romo said it earlier. I remember he was like, oh, I, I think the Chiefs are in trouble, Jim. 
You know, you said it really early. <laughs> That's a good impression. Bro. Yeah, he said he said it uh, really early. He just sensed that there's no way the Chiefs because you you always think the Chiefs are gonna get back into the game, but he sensed really early that they weren't gonna get back in there. But I don't know. The broadcast was was uh, not not what uh, what it usually is with those two. Um, but you know, again, it was, again, it was a sleeping the, game. The game wasn't great, and I think you know Romo tried. He's like. If Mahomes can come back, if drive them down here, they may have a shot. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, a, that's a awful. But yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he, he, he loves that. He loves getting excited. There's nothing for him to be excited about. So that probably was yeah. what it was. You're right. He's he's like an excited eight-year-old when uh, when when he's broadcasting games, which I love. But there's probably <laughs> nothing to get excited about this no, game. there wasn't. What do you think about the uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll go quick with this stuff because who cares. But what do you think about the halftime show? Listen, you know, <laughs> the halftime show, like, to me is uh, – it's it's so funny how critical, and I, I know you didn't like it, and I, I know you weren't a big fan, and, you, and I'll let you talk too. But like, let, you could have like the most amazing halftime show where performers are like coming down from the sky and singing and dancing and flipping and the lights and the and the. You could have the most amazing, and people are like, oh, I didn't like blah blah blah. I wish ACDC was performing at the halftime <laughs> show. Oh, like, ACDC, wow. Like, How literally, like, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble with this. Like, <sighs> Jesus Christ could be coming back from and saving humanity as the you halftime show. Machines, <laughs> you kept your boat clean. <laughs> and people would be upset about that. Like, oh, I don't know about this halftime show. Jesus didn't bring it today. Yeah, like, some people <laughs> watch it just for that and the commercials. And, yeah, they're, they're, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I mean, I wasn't – the weekend is the weekend. Like, I, I don't mind the weekend. I I don't mind most of the halftime shows. Like, Shakira and J-Lo last year, they were great. Well, if Cole, Cole play. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what stunk is that my daughter was watching that, Shakira, uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez. She was five years old at the time, and – uh, and she was mesmerized, and I was like, okay. And it just got a little like, <laughs> you know, I didn't know if that was that was for the kids. I mean, this one at least was good for the kids. I don't know. Listen, it show. I guess this is probably shows. Forgive, forgive me if this is my age. I didn't really know. I didn't know who the weekend was. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say I didn't know Ooh, until. I'm blinded by the light. Well, now I know because we you played know. it in our outro music uh, on <laughs> episode time. three. So you taught me, well, a W. I got you. You you taught me what it was, but. I mean, <laughs> I, I just watching it. I guess it's just the kind of music. I, I think yeah, the guy's a great voice. Seemed like a good performance, but um, that that kind of music. I just felt like I was at a children's arcade for a little <laughs> while. I mean, I, I felt like I was. I, I felt like I was taking a bunch of teenagers on a day trip to the mall or to Six Flags or something, uh, like in some sort of intergalactic millennial nightmare. I could. I just couldn't. I didn't know. I just didn't know what to do. I had to go get some food. I think I fell asleep. I don't know. Listen, I, it was probably it was probably a great performance. I don't want to offend anybody. I just I'm I'm old. I didn't. I, that music didn't do it for me. I fe- it felt weird to me. That's all. felt It felt tired. I felt a little tired listening I, to it. I, I I don't mind the weekend. <laughs> I'll listen to some of their music no. and like get into it a little bit. But the, yeah, the Super Bowl halftime shows are just funny because people just want they just want to criticize. They want to like. They they don't want to get into it. Like it's all you look are at. Those, but are those at, the, do they those people like football? I don't think they like life. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, man. You see, see I, it, I like life. You, see, you love life. I didn't like you that music. Love life. No, you weren't a fan of that, which is fine. Like, I but, but I, <laughs> it, was, it was strange and different to me, and I get scared. I'm old. I get scared of new things. Stra- what was your favorite commercial? 
It's pretty. It's it's easy. It's it's easy. I know. Will Ferrell. Oh my God, that was so funny. Great commercial. Okay, fine. Let's move on. Go ahead. Will Ferrell. Keep us on track. We uh, so listen. We're 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 close to being out of time. By the way, we uh we're we're hitting it. So oh oh, one more thing. I'm sorry. Talk talk. I did actually think if we're talking about perform halftime performances or like musical performances, I really thought that. The, the like the beginning of the game where they had Eric Church and Jasmine Sutherland for the game, you know, they like you know they had like a, I love what they did there, you know, they had like a, and there was a beautiful performance. They had a you know they had a, a redneck country guy. I don't know if he's redneck, but you know, country music considered redneck music with like a African American uh, woman singer. And I love what they did there. I thought it was a nice statement, especially with the environment we're in. We find ourselves in with racial inequality. Everything that's happened this year, you know, being uh, being all the division. I thought that was really, really a good message and really nice. And, you know, if you have a problem with it, then I don't want to talk to you. But I thought that was great. Great. I thought it was a great performance. We, we love unity. We love positivity. Was, yeah. We love unity. Especially what's going on. So well, that's what they're trying to do, but that's what I that's what I got from it. No, I, I think I think you're uh, spot on as usual. As usual. Well, but, I don't um, know about that, but. Let, we are, uh, man. We uh, we're out of time. Are but, we out of time? We're out of time. But listen, can like, I bring up one so, more thing? Then I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, nothing. Just be, I promise. Bring it no up. more commercials. No more songs. Uh, bring it up. We're through all that stuff. But bring it up. Marty Schottenheimer passed away oh, okay. at the age of yes. 77. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like we have to say a few words about him because what what a great man. What, what a great coach. What bad luck that that poor guy had in coaching. But he really was one of the. I mean, every player you talk to, he was really one of the. Just a good man. Good family man. Hell of a dad is everything I hear. I mean, just think about the playoffs, the poor guy. I mean, the 99-yard drive by Elway, the Ernest Binder fumble when he was coach of the Browns. Kicker's missing field goal. Remember the game against uh, – you definitely remember this one. Char, Char, he was coaching the Chargers, 14-2. and two. You know, he was uh, playing the Pats – I had to look oh. this. I had to look this up. By the way, don't be impressed by me. I'm impressed. Marlon McCree. <laughs> yep. I don't know who this guy was, but Marlon McCree got a, a game-ending pick instead of falling down. You remember this? He started trying to run with it. Yep. And then the uh, I, I forgot who it was. Was it Marvin Harrison? Uh, no, not Marvin. What, who's the guy? Uh, who's the defensive guy? Harrison, on the uh, whatever. Ro- Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison. Stri- did he strip the ball? Strip the ball. Pats get it. Brady drives him down for a game-winning drive. Game over. I mean, <laughs> how? Could, I mean, I I know he he was tight in the playoffs. But man, what 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 luck this guy had! I remember, I mean, of course, dear to my heart, he was uh, he coached the the Washington Redskins in two thousand one for for one year. This was, was it a year, one, was it one year? One year. So this is oh, a year, wow. this was a year after that. Snyder went on a shopping spree. This is the year after they they went to Ricky Sanders, Bruce Smith, Jeff George, I think it was, and he went. I mean, he went nuts. And and Washington was actually a Super Bowl favorite that year in two thousand, if you could believe that. And they just, of course, crapped the bed. Like the Dan Snyder model at that point, we didn't know it didn't work yet. But boy, we we found out pretty quick. And then, you know, Schottenheimer came on. I mean, uh, yeah, Schottenheimer came on. He uh, Redskins started out three and three and eight, and then Washington ended up ending the season eight and three. I mean, they're making plays with Kent Graham, and uh, was it Tony Banks as quarterbacks? And so they're Tony going the, they're Banks. going the right direction. So so I remember Marty, Marty Schottenheimer had a deal with Snyder that, you know, you're not going to be involved in this thing. Coach-centric, just like they have with Ron Rivera here, which terrifies me, by the way. But, you know, yeah. then all of a sudden Snyder's like, well, I want to be involved again. I want to play. I want to play again. And, you know, he wasn't having any fun. And Schottenheimer's like, no way. Uh, you know, you're not. You're not. This, is, this was the deal. This was under the contract. And Snyder, Snyder wasn't having any fun anymore. So he fired him after one season. And still to this day, I, I tweeted it. Kevin Sheehan, ESPN 980, said this. Biggest mistake, and I believe this, biggest mistake that Snyder made in his tenure as an owner. Uh, and he's made a lot of them, by the way. I mean, we could that, that that's another segment for another day, all the, all the mistakes he's made. 
Um, but that was the biggest one because that was actually they were heading in the right direction. And 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 he, you know all the old guys I remember like Daryl Green. They they didn't like they didn't like Schottenheimer because they, they they were doing two a days and he was working them hard. He was like a militant coach, but he had those young guys playing. Lavar Arrington I believe would have been an all timer if he had Schottenheimer as a coach for you know I, I don't know five six seven years. I don't know if, if Snyder would let it go that much further. Obviously he let it go only one year, but man, that was uh, uh it was it was it was hard to hear that. I know he had Alzheimer's disease, but. But uh, God bless you, Marty. You were, you were a Mar- great coach. Marty Chardonnay was a heck of a coach, and he had a heck of a run and some great, great teams. And like you said, some bad luck. But, um, wow. <laughs> we're doing this. So Covered a lot. I don't know what we do right now. Like, what do we do? No NFL? The NFL draft? What's ahead for 2021? Oh, we have, we have, we'll have Emptiness. more delusional X. Yeah. NB- NBA talk? NBA? I don't know. MLB yeah. starts in a few days. Yeah. College basketball in March? Give it to me. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Let's we're go. Of, we're out of time. Oh, no. No, don't play this song. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Please, no. We are out. Have a good one.